Welcome to Yo More Boys, Season 8, Episode 2, A Year in the Life, Spring. Hey James. Hey Adam, how you doing man? I'm not too bad. So uh, for, for, for once in our lives, we haven't been talking for 20 minutes before uh, this uh, this podcast. And this is... Uh, this is just happening. So, um, so a few things, a few, th- uh, a few housekeeping points. Um, you, you remember Charlie, right? Our yeah. old buddy Charlie. Yeah. Um, so he he talked to me the other day, and he pointed out from our first episode that um, Lorelai uh, wanting kids was actually in her character and not out of her character, like we said that it was. And he argued that her personality is one of extremes, sort of like flip-flocking huh. back and forth and originally she had sort of steamrolled luke into not having kids but as soon as okay. emily put the pressure on her she switches and goes full bore into having kids so like in in that model of the universe it fits and that, i i actually agree with them that makes sense yeah. um yeah it makes sense it's just I don't. I don't have anything else. It's it just you just don't yeah. want to admit that that we were incorrect. <laughs> no, 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 no. It makes sense, but like, it makes sense when you break it down. Yeah. Um, in a formula for Lorelai, but mm-hmm. for for my gut, I still say it doesn't make sense. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. And the other thing is, we actually, even though we said we were going to talk about it for like two or three times last episode we did not talk about the fact that luke now has a subscription to the new yorker i was thinking about that too <laughs> well listen before we get into that i i wanted to apologize to you for being late today That's uh, okay. i was laying in my underwear on my couch uh <laughs> p- playing wolfenstein <laughs> clearly had more important things to do <laughs> and i said oh shit <laughs> um how was your week, man? It's good, man. It's good. You want to you want to get into the uh, the old summary? This, this one's a doozy, man. Like a ton of shit happened. Um, I wanna before we get into the summary, I just want to call out publicly that it's very obvious that Adam wants to jump right into the summary and does not want to talk about anything personal. I asked about his week. He shot me down. So that's fine, Adam. Go on. No, that's yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So. Th- <laughs> well, I know, I know. We normally spend twenty minutes getting through. But hey, 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 we're we're on the clock, all right. Um, <laughs> all right. Damn. So, so this is the second episode in the four-part miniseries here in the life. Um, this one is entitled "Spring." Last one was "Winter." Um, so this episode primarily centers uh, around Rory's uh, life and sort of the chaos therein. Um, she seems. Uh, not to really have any grounding left, which is a little a, a little strange because she she's always been a character I feel that has always had a very strong sort of grounding to go off of. It sort of seems like the, the, in this episode she's sort of just drifting from place to place. So it it starts off um, her having a, a trip home to Chilton. Um, it begins with uh, uh, well, sorry, the the actual the first scene begins with Lorelai and Emily in therapy together which is where the last episode left off and it was just painfully silent uh Lorelai more or less just runs out the clock uh continually ask, asking the therapist how much time is left Emily is you know sort of just her usual um uh self being upset at Lorelai uh it clock runs out so to speak and then it just ends um mm-hmm. Later on, uh, Luke, Lorelai, and Rory are uh, walking through downtown at a 
International Food Festival that apparently is in Stars Hollow, um, which Taylor and Kirk have attempted to put together and have 150 plus countries representative, which seems which seems like a tall order. Um, so it falls through and there's a whole bunch of comedy there and I won't really get into it. Um, but uh, during this time, uh, Rory gets another call from this website that has been basically been sort of stalking her for a job and like sending her gifts and like mobbing her with phone calls and it like sort of has the vibe of this like startup newspaper sort of thing but it, it's pretty apparent that Rory like just doesn't want anything to do with them it's like it's sort of like like somebody's trying to ask you out on a date over and over again and you keep saying no but they're like super persistent sure. um so through a lot of this episode, uh, Rory actually spends a lot of time in London interviewing this author for sort of a speculative book that she was going to do, sort of like a biography slash interview sort of deal. And the author is a is a nut bar. Um, and she seems very reluctant to really reveal much about herself, but also she rambles incessantly and, and drinks heavily. And, and Rory is just very frustrated. Um, so... Cut to Rory having lunch with Logan, who is apparently in a country club in London or England or wherever they happen to be, um, mm -hmm. which I, I didn't, I guess I, now that I'm reading that back, it sort of seems weird, but I didn't really question it at the time. Um, while they're Wait, eating. Why? Why is it weird? I don't know. Because, well, okay, well, so I haven't seen the rest of the series, so like, I don't know how Logan ended up there. I mean, maybe okay. you know. Do you know? No, but I don't think it's. Yeah. <laughs> I question your questioning. <laughs> well, fine. Jesus. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, it does. And actually, actually, you come to find out later that uh, Logan and Logan's family actually owns the joint. So that, that mm -hmm. actually does make sense because they're rich and well-to-do and kind of, you know. Um, so anyways, Rory and Logan are, you know, they, they are lovers from the past. Um, they're in a country club. Um, Logan's father comes over, interrupts. Um, and, and Rory's clearly distraught. She doesn't want to really be seen with Logan. Uh, we eventually figure out that Logan is engaged to somebody, um, yeah. but that Rory is still seeing him. Uh, the fiance lives in another country. Um, so yeah, there's a little, little drama going on there. Which is so unlike Rory. It really is. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I remember, like, I, I've been talking a lot uh, with Megan about this series, and, she, like, her her read on it is just, like, uh, she's just, like, I was so mad at Rory the whole time. I'm like, yeah, I, I can totally see that. Sure. Um, so the so another plot line is that Rory is trying to get an interview with Condé Nast, which I believe is a magazine publisher, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. I think they, like, published GQ magazine and Wired and all these other things. Mm -hmm. Um but Logan's dad basically says, hey, I'll call in a favor and get you an interview. Rory says, thanks, but no thanks. Um, cut back to Stars Hollow. Um, Taylor is, you know, running a town hall meeting, as in many episodes he does. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to run a gay pride parade, but, quote, nobody will lend him any of their gays. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's also distraught over the fact that a competing town is having a movie shot there with all the A-listers and everything, but the B-listers has ended up in Stars Hollow. So clearly, you know, that that's a big, 
that's something to get upset over, apparently. Sure. Um, and also, they happen to be staying at Lorelai's Inn. Um, so the meeting ends with, with one person basically attempting to out the uh, assumed uh, gay tailor, uh, mm-hmm. to, to which he's just uh, oblivious and like everyone just sort of rolls their eyes and that's it. Right. Um, so another person that happens to be upset uh, with the fact that B-list actors are in town is Michelle, Michelle, which is not surprising at all. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's kind of worried that the inn isn't keeping up. Um, but I mean, like, if you look at the inn by itself, like, it's just a resounding success. It, it just doesn't have, like, all the modern niceties of other hotels, but it's a bed and breakfast. I mean, come on. In Stars Hollow. In of Stars all Hollow of all places. Yeah. So Lorelai believes that Michelle is going to leave the inn at some point, and she's really distraught about it. I mean, you can mm-hmm. really see that the character is, like, really distraught about it. And sure. later at home. Um, Laura, which now we know from the first episode, Luke and Lorelai are living together and they're sitting on the couch having takeout dinner, which they fed the steak to their dog. Not fair. I mean, come on. It's a dog. What? Why, why would you feed a dog steak? Okay, so, well, it depends. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Why would you feed that dog a steak? That's a good question. I know that, like, I have some friends who have Siberian Huskies and they feed them, like, raw steaks because it's just uh, okay. a good diet. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, that's okay. That's like a raw food diet. I, this is but, like a fully prepared steak for a human. That's weird. And also, it's Paul Anka, who's just like a scraggy. He's like he's a scraggy mutt. So who cares? So, so more more on Paul Anka later. But um, <laughs> Luke is on the phone with his sister, who has apparently joined a vegetable cult, which is basically like a, a vegetable growing co-op um, that is obviously a cult. Um, and she's how did I miss this? Did you miss that? I missed that. You know, you know, like when Luke's trying to solve a problem over the phone and he's kind of mad at the fact that there's even a problem in the first place, but he's trying yeah. to be nice. You know, that sure. that kind of Luke. That's yep. what's going on. So, um, so anyways, Luke is uh, trying to convince Lorelai that the end is just fine as it is, which I honestly agree with it. I mean, it's a small town. It's bed and breakfast. I mean, come on. They, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, they're, they're yep. doing well. So, whatever. So and and it also seems to fit with Luke's character that he just wants to be content with things the way that they are, right? That's mm-hmm. sort of like a that that's a thread in his character. Sure, um, but Lorelai still seems distraught over it, um, sure. sort of thinking that something bigger needs to happen to make it work. Um, even though, like, like clearly she has she's able to measure her success as mm-hmm. the as the proprietor of an inn, but she she doesn't see that she's successful. Um, so later on that night, so their dog's name is Paul Anka, who I'm assuming is a is an actor. I didn't look into this. Paul but... Anka is um. Hold on, I'll look it up for you. Oh okay. my god, he's so... uh no, he was a singer. Um, singer, okay. What did he? Uh, let's see here. Like put your head on my shoulder. Okay. Well, you know that song. No, I don't. But like so it's a dream sequence that you don't actually know is a dream sequence until later but she she hears a dog bark and she goes downstairs thinking the dog needs something and it's literally an old guy who i'm assuming is paul anka okay and and like paul anka um like says random like dog things and it's basically just this old man pantomiming a dog and then she wakes up from that dream rushes downstairs uh calls rory who is in london um she kind of confides uh, with Rory that uh, Michelle uh, is to her what Paris is to Rory, sort of like her 
angry slash mean friend, which makes sense. Sure. Um, and she would kind of feel lost without him, right? I mean, like, yep. like Rory and Paris offset each other very well. In Michelle mm-hmm. and Lorelai actually offset each other very well. Um, sure. You know, because like Paris is consistently like over the top and and worried about the dumbest shit, mm-hmm. and Michelle is consistently over the top and worried about the dumbest shit. That's a good so, point. Anyways, um, that was my read on that. Um, Laura Lorelai is asking details about her time in London. Uh, it becomes pretty clear that uh, Rory's lying about where she is. She's kind of covering out the fact that she's staying with Logan. Um, so cut to the next scene. Uh, second round of uh, therapy with Lorelai and Emily. Now this one, uh, they start bonding over like um, memories of Richard, which is nice. You know, they're sort of it laughing. Is. But then it skips ahead and they're dead silent. Mm-hmm. Um, and like... To break the silence, uh, Emily just brings up old conflicts, uh, <laughs> namely, like, you know, because, you know, when there's dead silence, you know, just bring up the most awkward thing that you possibly right. could. Namely, Lorelai getting pregnant at such a, such a young age and leaving the entire family. Um, Emily also allegedly found a letter, uh, mm-hmm. a mean letter that Lorelai supposedly wrote, which Lorelai just completely denies, saying, mm-hmm. like, no, I didn't write that. Um she also brings up the fact that she's been with Luke for nine years, but they're not married. Um, okay. Clearly wishing that she was. And I, yeah. I think this might, this is a runner up for the, the quote of the show. She says, okay. you are roommates with benefits, booty buddies. That, that's Emily saying that. And Lorelai <laughs> responds, yes, that's what we are, mom. Glad you're up on the lingo. Um, so anyway, she, she brings up examples of her and Richard's marriage and how it strengthened her. And clearly she's like, she's like pushing on her, you know, the fact that she's not married. Yeah. Um, so further, further context with, um, with Rory and the writer uh, that she's trying to do a piece with. Uh, the writer calls her sort of distressed and, and drunk and just bemoans the fact that her boyfriend of a week and a half has not called her and that she's mad that rory can't keep up with her love life which is weird i mean this like this author lady is bananas like she's crazy sure um so during this time while she's taking the phone call she's with logan she's staying with logan um after the phone call she suggests that she's staying in town for a bit longer she doesn't really have to be back in the states in a hurry logan more or less uh hints at the fact that his fiance is coming back into town and that you know she needs to get out. She needs to get out of there before the fans that comes in. There, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know how I feel about all this because, like, there, it, it's just, I don't know. It it doesn't feel right because, like, Logan, Logan's like totally not into his fiance, and Rory clearly doesn't care about the dude back in the states that she's allegedly dating. Like, right. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. I mean, like, I I actually kind of like logan from all the episodes that i've seen with him in it but like still i don't know man it's it's weird i i like i do it's weird i do like him yeah it's like all all of the dickheads of all of the dickheads in the show he's the most likable that that's that's true yeah it's like like there are way more dickheads in the show that are like insufferable logan actually has something nice about him anyways um i agree so Luke and Lorelai, next scene, go on a date to the local theater, which, like, I totally wish that I had a theater, like, in my neighborhood like that, mm-hmm. which is basically just a large living room with some chairs and a big projector. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're showing Eraserhead, which ha- have you ever seen Eraserhead? I, oh, I've, yes. I've never seen. Is it any good? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it's. I mean, for uh, for all of the films, uh, or or of all of the films that Luke would have to watch, this is hilarious. <laughs> okay. So so since you have not seen it, yeah, um, it is the. It is the epitome of art film. Oh, okay. Yeah, Luke would not be into art films at right. all. Yeah. Okay. So so Kirk is okay. I, I'm making assumptions here. If you look at the cover of a razor head, you see a guy with a very specific look, and Kirk is uh, dressed up like that guy. So I'm assuming that's the protagonist, if there mm-hmm. is one. You can confirm that for me if that's correct. Yes, no. Wait, say it again. You cut oh, out. Oh, okay. sorry, sorry, man. No, that's okay. So, no, so, say it again. So, Kirk is dressed up, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dressed up as the protagonist, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Okay, that's exactly cool. right. So he's dressed. Yeah, yeah, you, you got. I, I like Kirk as a character because I like, never did, but I love him in this show. I know in, in this one, he's funny. Yeah, it's like he's he's. I don't know. It. it, it anyways, um. Yeah. So so while they're waiting for. Uh, the movie to begin, um, Kirk actually plays them his allegedly uh, second <laughs> uh, produced short film, which is just awful. Just, <laughs> just it's pretty, it's like laughably horrible. Right. Um, but I, and I mean, that's kind of the point. And, and Kirk is trying to analyze it um, with, with his girlfriend, question mark. I think that was his girlfriend. I'm yeah, I sure. think so. But like, he's basically taking notes on like people's reactions to it. I don't know. Um, through this scene, it was pretty funny. Uh, uh, the people that showed up more or less just brought dinner. Like they just brought like hot pots and like, like <laughs> full, like they and and Kirk was given the spiel of like no illegal food in the theater, and they all just said uh huh, and like they were just like cooking things on like a you know like like a little portable grill and stuff. I don't know. Right. I, I, I thought that was funny. Um, so during the time, Luke's get it. Luke gets a cell phone call, which is really weird, given the fact that it's late and that why would anybody call Luke who isn't Lorelai and Luke is already with Lorelai. So very strange. He lets go to voicemail. Turns out to be Emily stating that she has a, quote, urgent matter to discuss with him. Um, It's uneasy. Uh, Luke clearly doesn't like this. Um, So cut to the next scene. Back at the Dragonfly Inn, um, while walking amongst the Beatles actors who are sort of eating slash working out in the mm-hmm. lobby, yeah. uh, Lorelai sort of bemoans the fact that Michelle is nowhere to be found. Uh, she finds out that he's on vacation in New York, um, and further, you know, she's sort of further worried that you know maybe he's going on an interview or something like that. And as with the first episode, there is a celebrity chef uh, just that popped up in the kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. they, did, did they ever really explain why they have why why they're having these chefs just show up? Well, just I, the reason I, I don't think they officially said it. I think it was just implied because they can't find someone full time and and no one can replace Suki full time. Right. That was kind of the, what I okay. got. Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of a it, it's 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 a cool shtick because I mean it's only a four part series, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what the third and fourth will hold maybe there will be more celebrity chefs but rachel ray um is this week's pop-up cook or or whatever yep. she referred to it as um, and she's promptly fired for really no reason at all after <laughs> after listening to lorelei like pour her heart out and give her advice um anyways that that's um 
that's that. Uh, so that's that's. I mean, this is a long. This is this is a long summary because a lot of stuff happened in this episode. I actually put a note here that this is like the halfway point. Um, so okay, yeah. Uh, on with the next one. Luke and Lorelai. Um, Lorelai clearly not invited. Uh, show up to um, Emily's. Where, if you'll remember, you know, Luke got the cell phone call. Had to go over to Emily. Um, Emily is unsurprisingly not excited to see Lorelai, but invites her in all the same. Um, quickly, right. randomly, Rory just appears, having come into town from London. I, I don't know. She just sort hmm. of came in, and Emily says, "Oh, I forgot you were staying over," and come in, and yada yada yada. Um, Okay, so this, okay, so if you'll remember the atrocious oil painting of uh, oh, yes. of Richard Gilmore, you can't that, forget that's on the wall. Mm-hmm. Rory walks up and literally touches the canvas, touches the you canvas of the oil painting. Why? Right? That, okay, that is a clear violation of art viewing etiquette. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I've been to enough. Like. <laughs> I don't like that. Did not not bother you. That bothered the shit. It out didn't. Of me. It didn't bother me. But I'm so glad it bothered you. Oh my! Like I'm like like I'm reliving my feelings of viewing that, and I'm a little upset. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I I am. Why would you touch an oil painting? No, not you. Like I, I don't know. Okay. I'll I stop. wasn't. I didn't have a problem with it, but I I seriously, it makes complete sense that you did. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Well, I mean, let, let me put it this way. Like, um, uh, Megan and I, a long time ago, were in Spain, and we went to this museum of this uh, painter named Goya. And, I mean, there are some, like, just priceless works of art. I mean, like, if, if I did what she did, I, I'd probably still, like, be in, in a Spanish prison. Like, you, you just don't, you don't, anyways. Um, so, <laughs> Emily uh, sort of uh, brings Luke over into Richard's office. Uh, and tells Luke that Richard had set aside some money specifically for Luke to expand and franchise his diner, which is right? comical to think of because it Luke, is. you know, Luke's whole thing is just like things are fine the way they are. I, you know, I don't like yep. change. Um, so Luke is clearly caught off guard, not knowing what to say. He kind of agrees to just do whatever she says and clearly doesn't understand what the hell he's getting himself into. Well, because he loves Lorelai. Well, and, and he does, and, and that's a lot of pressure, right? I mean, let's be real. If you're willing to let Lorelai peg you, <laughs> you'll franchise Luke's diner. Oh, you'll franchise your diner. Oh, right. you'll franchise it all right. <laughs> um, uh, so, so Emily seems pretty pleased with this. She sort of, uh, she says, oh, I have this realtor, and, you know, and, and, and Luke is basically just like, okay, whatever. Um so, cut to the next scene. Uh, Rory and Paris are visiting Chilton uh, during an actual school day and spend some time walking around the campus. They sort of just do the whole, like, basking memories of the years past thing, and they seem to be happy. Um, and, and, and of course, in typical Paris fashion, um, her mood sours, and she quickly notices that the money that she has been donating to Chilton has obviously not gone to the facilities improvements as she stares at a drinking fountain, which she thinks is repugnant for some reason. Um, so all through all throughout this part in the episode, Par- like the headmaster who they meet with is just avoiding Paris, and Paris what's, is... What's his name? Do you I know? don't know. I... 
I, I just in my notes he's the headmaster. It's no, it's true. It's so funny because for some reason I always confuse him with um, Taylor, which is I know they're right. not the same person. No, 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 no. I, I do. I get it. I get it. And because I mean, I don't know. Anyways, so uh, both Paris and Rory go to separate classrooms and sort of give a speech on their lives and how Chilton had a part in it, sort of. Giving both giving their own brand of encouragement, which Rory's was nice and kind and hopeful, and Paris's was scary and direct. Um, mm-hmm. So it kind of a funny little contrast there. Um, once those speeches are over, Rory and Paris uh, go to the headmaster uh, just to say goodbye. Um, while walking there, Paris sees her old her old unrequited love Tristan, uh, which instantly causes a panic. Um, she garrisons herself inside the girl's bathroom, pushing out uh, this poor other occupant that was using it. Um, mm-hmm. And Rory goes in, uh, attempts to calm her down to some degree of success. Uh, but while yep. this is occurring, some old nemesis, who I didn't catch the name of, uh, uh, clearly was a classmate of Paris and Rory's mm-hmm. uh, back when they were at Chilton. They walk in, it's super awkward. Um, Rory kind of keeps the peace, but Paris like almost gets in a fight with this lady for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Um, I, I, I'm sure. So this is just me not having seen the rest of the series because like I, I don't understand what what the conflict between them was, but whatever. Um, yeah. So b- before leaving campus, the uh, I mean, it's just it's just Paris being Paris. That's well, all that is. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'm pretty sure Paris could pick a fight with like po- like the Pope and and like hold a grudge like i, I don't know okay um, i don't i i was not raised catholic i could fu- i could pick a fight with him i don't i don't get it <laughs> i really How could I you pick a fight it. with the pope especially pope francis man dude is like no i get it i mean I, come on okay no. pope, pope benedict yeah i could pick i could pick a fight with him but pope francis nah. okay i don't even i don't even understand why you guys have them <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, so like my wife is Catholic uh-huh. and I completely respect the religion. I do. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. A lot of people like take Catholicism to task for the um, for the rituals okay. and the like and the like automatic absolving of sins. Okay. I actually think there's something to it. I, I kind of like that. Okay. But I don't understand the Pope. I'm like, okay. hey, man. Okay. Geez, so, so help I, me. Help I, me. I, I, so. I was raised Catholic. I I, I, I know these things. It, it's all, it all has to do with hierarchy. So the Pope is the living blood, like it's the living descendant of Jesus Christ. Like Bullshit. basically, no, it's like Jesus Christ passed his power down, quote unquote, to the first Pope, to the second Pope, third Pope, and so on. It's, okay, but that doesn't make sense because he's elected by a committee. <laughs> Dude, that doesn't I, make I'm sense. Not, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just trying to ex- I'm trying to explain to you my understanding of the matter. No, you have to understand. <laughs> if you don't convince me, I'm not on board. <laughs> I'm not on board either. I'm not a Catholic, man. <laughs> oh shit, don't let your mom listen to this podcast. Oh my god. No, she 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 knows. Let let's let's not get into uh the fact that I'm a heathen and let's let let's move on with uh w- with the episode. Mrs. Ball, if you're listening, I would love to have you on the show. <laughs> that actually might be really entertaining. Um, anyways. Have we have you ever met my mom? 
I feel like yeah, she loves me. Oh, I I would imagine so. You're oh, awesome, yeah. but she yeah, I me. mean, like you you are tailor made for for my mom to like just be like, oh, he's so nice. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Really? She, oh yeah. Anyways, um, no, let's keep going on that. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, the Pope, the Pope, aka the headmaster of Chilton. Um, <laughs> It was apparently somehow those two are related. I I, I don't know. Um, apparently, apparently, um, the headmaster offers Rory a teaching job, which is kind of cool. Uh, but Rory clearly not into it. Politely de- declines. But the headmaster gets into the fact that she's kind of bouncing all over the place. She doesn't really have a permanent home, and he took that to mean that she kind of needs a job and a place to stay. Um, but Rory is, is, is trying to defend her sort of independence and, uh, it's just, it's a little uneasy and, and it's, they sort of leave it at that. Um, so Rory and Paris go to Paris's home, which I didn't catch exactly where it was. I'm assuming it's in New York. Maybe. Did you catch that? I, I don't know. It, it is, like, it, it, it looks like, like out in Brooklyn. Yeah. It looks like a super nice brownstone or something like that. I don't know. That's what that's what I caught, and I also from the inside, I was like, "This is the same house on the inside of a uh, how to how to get away with murder." Is it? Well, no, it's not, but it felt like. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it's the same vibe for sure. Right, right. Um, so we we find out, and and maybe this is apparent in the rest of the series that Paris is separated uh, from her husband, but they did have two kids together. Um, through some, <laughs> she starts. She starts bemoaning the fact that she's been having troubles with keeping a nanny. Um, wait, wait, wait. What was that word? What? What was that word? Bemoaning? Bemoaning? Okay, go on. What's bemoaning? <laughs> you don't know what that word means? I'm not letting you get away with that one. Oh, bemoaning. like bemoaning is just like, it's like complaining. It's like, it's like, um, uh, like, like, like a, a person at a bar that's clearly <laughs> in a bad state would bemoan their, you know, their life to you and sort of give you, it's like a sob story, right? Does that make sense? So, like, the easy, not to be everybody's uncle, but the easiest way to explain bemoaning is it's like when you be moaning. Oh, my God. That, no! <laughs> <laughs> okay. My father-in-law, if you're listening, I would love, love to have that. you on the show. And I know you'd like that joke. That's that about the only joke good. you would I like. I gotta give it to you that. I gotta give that to you. So, I, I having just recently Googled this, it is to express grief over or to lament. Make yeah, sense? you be moaning. That's right. Makes sense. You be moaning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm going to, because I use that word a lot for whatever reason. And now every single time I'm going to use it, I'm going to remember your dad joke. So thank you. That's. I uh, know that Charlie Stanley is listening. And I know that he liked that joke. <laughs> and you know what? Charlie is one of our devoted listeners, so I would I like to say, Charlie, if you are listening, which I know you are, we would love to have you on the show. That would be awesome, actually. Please take us up on that. Um, it would be pretty cool. It would be. Um, so they're they're at Paris's house. Um, they're she is bemoaning, or she bemoaning about the fact that she can't really keep a nanny. <laughs> Um, her ex shows up out of the blue. Um, they, uh, or the ex, I, I didn't catch his name. Did you catch his name? 
No, not I at just, all. In, in my notes, he's just the ex. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so the ex and Rory catch up. I mean, they clearly haven't seen each other in a while. Um, R- upon the ex leaving Paris, somewhat seriously asks if Rory and him are having an affair because Paris, um, that seems like something Paris would worry about. Um, Rory actually volunteers to help the kids help with the kids for a day or two um, as they're clearly having issues finding someone to watch them. So later on uh, in the park while Rory is watching her kids, uh, Rory calls Lorgan. Uh, Lorgan. 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 Uh, Logan. Rory calls Logan to uh, effectively call in the favor that Logan's dad had promised her about the Condé Nast meeting. Um, and she's really uncomfortable about it. Right. But Logan's is like, you know, whatever, it's fine. This is what us rich people do. It's like, we'll, we'll pull some strings. It's fine. Um, so I, I noticed this during the scene, but Logan is in his apartment and he's continually looking over his shoulder. So I sort of got the feeling that like his fiance was there and he was trying to like, you know, talk on the sneak, but I, I, I I don't know. Oh Um, shit. I didn't catch that. Yeah. By the way, have you finished all four of them? No, no, this is this is the most I've seen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, cut to the next scene. Uh, Rory's having said meeting with Connie Nass, and it goes really well. Um, they're pitching her various ideas about stuff that they want to write about. Yeah. Um, uh, Rory agrees to a topic about lines, people standing in lines for things, exclusive things, restaurant openings, uh, books, right. you know, toys that sort of thing uh rory uh says that she's interested in but i mean she's not really interested in she's just trying to get a job i think um so she agrees uh kind of to do a speculative uh piece to write an article about it um and as as the meeting ends and as rory leaves the editor's office um she sort of she looks back in and, and she she gives this look and i'm not i'm not sure exactly how to take it um, but she gives a somewhat vacant sort of longing look. And she, I, I sort of took that to mean that like, she sort of wished to be involved in the busyness of something that was grounded in something, you know, the whole theme of this episode is she's sort of just, you know, she's being batted around everywhere. So anyways, right. it, it's clear that she wants this gig. Um, so mm-hmm. cut to the next scene. Uh, Lorelai shows up again for therapy. Uh, only to find out that Emily has effectively quit. Um, calls her right away. Excuse me. Um, Emily explains over the phone that she's not getting out of therapy what she wants, so she's quitting because, you know, uh, I, I, I guess that's what you do. Um, and it's also just an Emily move. That is an Emily move. It's, like, it's yeah. like the therapist is not saying the exact things that she wants her to say, so she's just like, fuck this, and I'm not doing it anymore. But the hours paid for. Uh, Lorelai ends up staying, but not really realize that she's staying, and she sort of just ends up speaking with the therapist um, about her father's death and her relationship with Luke. Um, and it sort of ends with her revealing that she's not really sure where she is with Luke, but she thinks she's happy, but and that he's happy, but clearly she looks uneasy, right? Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, cut to the next scene. Luke is working in the diner. Um, Emily and this this crazy real estate lady just show up out of the blue um, and strong arm him into coming with them to look at places to expand the diner and franchise and all that kind of stuff. Luke tries to get out of it. doesn't work. Um, they go to a number of places 
including a currently operating restaurant, um, which the owner is walking around and like, you know, oh, yeah. working there. Yeah, and he's like, like an old Polish guy. Yeah. And like, they're openly talking about like, oh, this guy's behind on his payments and, you know, uh, we can totally buy it. And the guy's just like, what the fuck, man? Um, yeah. So <laughs> I thought that was, well, I mean, it, it it's fitting, um, but it was kind of it rude. Is. Um, so, uh, in a car ride to the next venue, apparently they're going to multiple places just to, to look, um, Luke finds out from Emily that Emily actually didn't go to therapy and that she had quit it. Um, and that was news to Luke because Lorelai clearly had not told him about it. So later that night, uh, Luke asks Lorelai, you know, how therapy was and Lorelai just completely lies and says, ah, you know, just same as always. Um, he decides not to bring up the conflict though and instead just goes off and makes dinner which is not not a wise thing you probably should just mm -hmm. confront it right then and there um, but anyways uh, cuts in the next scene Rory receives a call from the crate so it is the lawyer of the crazy author that she's been talking to which and he's effectively dissolving their non-existing contract which Rory is like fine with but still kind of upset about she's kind of Half upset, half relieved. Um, right. But this gets her really amped up, and it encourages her to call back the Condé Nast editor and just says, "Look, I'll do a speculative piece. You know, you don't have to pay me for it. You know, it, you know, consider this an interview or whatever." And then they agree. So you know, Rory is writing a spec piece for, uh, I believe, it was GQ magazine mm -hmm. um, about lines because who doesn't like lines, right? Um, so uh, after that, Rory calls uh, Lorelai and convinces her to come to the city for a day. Um, so when Lorelai arrives, uh, she's clearly very tired, and so is Rory, but they, they sort of go off looking for lines anyhow. So it's mm -hmm. basically just Rory and Lorelai going around New York City looking for lines, which it shouldn't take you very long in New York City. And on the, can I say, if there are two people... That I would not want to walk around New York City with it would be Laura. And <laughs> they would stop every two seconds and talk about everything. Ooh. It would be terrible. Yeah, you and I, now you you are one of the top people. Oh, well, thank you. It's and just fun with you, man. I know, and we actually happened in New York City. Oh, it was great. This is seriously, one of the best times ever. I know, man. It's great. Miss you. Um, Anywho. <laughs> So they find a line with, to a cronut place, which I don't know what cronuts are. I'm, just, oh, I'm assuming it's like a croissant mixed with a donut, maybe? Yeah, and they're overrated. They're uh, totally not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> but yes, you got it. You got it. Well, of the two of us, you ha you're the foodie, so I, I will I will go with your, uh, with your reading on that. Um, so Adam just called me fat. <laughs> <laughs> James, I did not call you fat. You did. I did not. And it's Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> How could you? Um, <laughs> so, so Rory just like picks some dude out of the blue in the line and just starts interviewing him. And she just falls asleep just right there uh, on the sidewalk. Um, Lorelai has gone off to find coffee. Um, she comes to and the guy's basically just like staring at her. Um, and she's really just out of it clearly she's exhausted uh, neither of them have s slept which uh, i don't know yeah R rory tells laura go back to the hotel get room services chill whatever 
um, she goes and finds a line for a collectible shop um, and cuts to the next scene. Um, it's in the hotel room. Uh, Rory barges in, wakes Lorelai up, who had clearly just been eating room service and watching television. Um, she was... <laughs> And the first thing she said is that, oh, my God, they don't have Lifetime Channel, which, you know, that's what <laughs> a travesty. Perfect, uh, Lorelai. <laughs> yes. Um, so she so Rory confesses that she had just had her first one night stand first mm-hmm. time ever um, with someone that she had met in line dressed up as Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. Um, they went out uh, to with, with a group that she met in line to get uh, dinner and then it led to drinks. And afterwards, you know, one thing led to another and they had a one night stand. Uh, Rory is simultaneously upset about the fact that this has occurred and mm-hmm. the fact that it has only occurred now that she's in her 30s. So she's kind of like, I don't know, she's upset about two things at once. Lorelai calms her down. She's telling her it's normal, um, even though we figure out that Lorelai has never had a one night stand, um, which it makes sense. I mean, Lorelai was, you know, she she was a mother at a very early age. You know, that's mm-hmm. not. You know that that kind of I, I feel like that would effectively end your dating life uh, for a long time. Um, so uh, Rory then brings up the fact that she's still seeing Logan uh, and that Logan is engaged and that um, Rory's yet to break up with her boyfriend. Um, and to Lorelai's credit, she's not really uh, judging about it. She sort of just listens. Um, R- Rory kind of has a meltdown though, um, and Lorelai just says, "You know what? You know this one website." if you'll remember from the earlier part of the episode episode that has been trying to get them to uh, get her to work for them, she says, you know, just give them a try, you know, because they clearly, you know, want you. So she says, okay, fine, I'll do that. Um, next day, goes in for the interview. It's really awkward, super strange. It's one of those, like, strange entrepreneurial startups that, like, they're clearly not in touch with reality whatsoever. Um, it just and, and they're all working basically in a studio apartment and it's clear yeah. right off the bat that Rory just does not fit in there at all um, right. and she had gone into this interview thinking that she more or less already had the job because that's, yeah. that's how these phone calls had been going right um, yeah. but she gets there and realizes that it's basically just in like it. she starts saying like you know pitch me something and Rory had not attempted to you know prepare anything and she tries to think of something um, comes up some, with something on the spot it falls flat um, the, the rest of the interview is just terrible and it ends uh, Rory's walking through the um, through the what do you call those things lobby lobby mm-hmm. um she's walking through the lobby of the building that she is just in gets a call from the ceo that she just saw like three minutes ago um and the ceo says oh we're going with somebody internal and then rory gets upset and yells at the lady and then throws two of her three cell phones in the garbage stupid stupid i mean come on stupid stupid so the episode ends rory just shows up back home saying i'm staying at home or something like that she she just like walks yeah. in the front door um exasperated just just saying i'm moving home and then the uh right. uh the episode ends with lorelei sort of looking disconcerted at this but um so that was pretty much it that was a long fucking man that was like that was like a 30 minute synopsis like sweet jesus yeah are you okay I, are you all right i i'm good i'm fine Oof. But thank you for asking. So it, a, lo- a lot of oh, stuff happened in this episode, man. I feel like it, like this was more plot dense than the first one. 
No, absolutely. I mean, this uh, is where we start kicking it in. So I yeah. have, I have a couple, I have a couple things to say. Number one, uh, the 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 Wookie. Um, <laughs> okay. My wife and I were talking about this today. Uh huh. I don't know why we were. It came up in conversation that. She likes Wookiees? No, I was like, I said some, I don't know how we got on this topic, but I was like, you know what? If I was gay, and all due respect, I would not want to be in the bear community. Um, <laughs> for the fact that you'd probably get a lot of hair in your mouth. And I think the same thing about Wookiees. I don't, you know, Chewie is a loyal guy. He's so there's no, there's no one more loyal. I mean, he's a giant dog, but I, I wouldn't have sex with a Wookiee no, no matter how great he is, because there's probably going to be a lot of hair. Oh my god, that gives a whole. Oh my god, I have never, I have never thought of Wookies in that light. So thank you for that. When you, okay, wait, 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 wait. Here's the other problem with Wookie sex. Um, <laughs> Please. Please tell me what the other problem you is. You never know how they're how it's actually going for them. Because here's here's what's up, right? <laughs> right, right? The the scale of like, mm, that feels good to like, yeah is is this in Wookiees. It's it goes from to I mean you know what I mean? Like in the heat of passion, it's all the same and you're like can you give me some dynamics, buddy? How is that really that good? Or these are problems. So the entire time, I totally wanted to jump in and be like, "No, like their language is complex, and you're just not paying enough attention." And 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 then my mind went straight to the fact: okay, if it's two Wookies having sex, they can probably read each other pretty well. Sure. But if it's a Wookie and another race having sex that does not understand the Wookie language, yeah, you, you're totally in the right there. I, I, I could see that. Wait, I have something. <laughs> What if, what if, uh, again, Luke will do anything for Lorelai. What yeah. if Lorelai wants him to have sex with a Wookiee? And I, <laughs> and I was just thinking about Luke bent over the kitchen table of all places. I don't know why. Just going, all right, fine. Let's just get this over with. And there's like Chewie taking Luke from behind. Oh my and, God. And Luke and, and Chewie. <laughs> Chewie's got his mouth like wide open, just like that idiot dog face that he has. He just looks at the camera and, goes, and <laughs> oh. oh Christ. Um, so I actually think that is a fitting transition into what I believe is the quote of the show. Yeah. Um, so, so as you'll notice from the previous episode, a Wookiee is fucking me in the ass. A Wookiee is fucking me in the ass. Uh, no, Paris. Uh, works at a, um, fuck, what do you call those places? A fertility clinic. Fertility clinic. I was going to say the, the sperm house. No, just it's... Sperm house. <laughs> so they're walking through the halls of Chilton. This is early in the episode. And she's on the phone with somebody from her work. And, and I quote, he needs to sign a sperm donation agreement today. Then I don't want his sperm. No, I don't want his sperm. I don't want to touch. I don't want to see his sperm until I get a firm sperm agreement. Um, <laughs> that was the quote of the show. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <gasps> Are we seriously going to talk for two more episodes about Luke getting railed in the ass? 
By a Wookiee? <laughs> no, well, no. The first time it was by Lorelai. Now it's by a Wookiee. I feel I think like we I feel to. like if we don't talk about Luke getting railed in the ass in the third and fourth episode, we would be letting our listeners down. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> off topic. Did you see Rogue One? Nah, dude. Have you seen it? I saw it last night. I was won't... it good? Uh, I had issues with it. Okay. At first. Yeah. And then by the end of the movie, I said. It's it's it was great. It was really good. Right on. That's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm so so. Uh, I I don't think I'm gonna be able to see it soon because Megan really wants to see La La Land. But um, I know, me too. Well, okay. In defense, it actually looks pretty good. But like that, like ninety percent of me wants to go see Star Wars. But anyways. Well, but so so you know that La La Land is the director of Whiplash. Oh, that's right. So that's why I'm... De- Did you okay. see Whiplash? Oh, hell yes, man. Yeah. That movie yeah. was amazing. Agreed. Oh. So I'm all in. That's why I'm all in. All right, man. Well, it's Ryan Gosling and... Um, Emma Stone. Emma Stone? Hey, mm-hmm. that's that's an A- on paper. So <laughs> And with that being said, thank you very much for listening to uh, Gilmore Boys. Uh, please join us again for Year in the Life Part 3. Uh, James, you got anything else? No, I was just going to say this is our last uh, podcast, possibly of the year, but definitely possibly. before before the holidays. So um, if you if we don't speak to you beforehand, hope you guys have a nice Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and Christmas and whatever ha- else happy things festivals. there are. Ha- oh, ha- shit. Happy ha- Festivals. Have a good airing of grievances and, and a very mm-hmm. nice uh, feats of strength. A Festivus for the rest of us. That's right. <laughs> Oh my All right. god. Later guys. All right, later everybody. Thank you for listening to Gilmore Boys. Until next time.